Welcome to the Small Business Wake-Up Call, the twice-weekly podcast that will open your eyes to the kinds of insights you can use to better run your business. Come have your morning Joe with hosts Lonnie Shambi and Stan Simpkins, who have the right recipes and ingredients to easily help you cook up a storm for even your toughest competitor. No lectures, no wasting your time telling you how smart they are, and no bullshit. The Small Business Wake-Up Call is going to make you think, laugh, and help you recognize how much money you've been leaving on the table with advice that'll help you improve your quality of life. Lonnie and Stan are small business veterans who will share their individual war stories and experiences, not only from their own businesses, but also from guiding hundreds of other small business owners in over 100 industries. Head on over to sbvirtualroundtables.com where you can connect with Lonnie and Stan and save yourself some headaches. Grab that second cup of joe, or maybe something a bit stronger, and let's see what's on the menu for today. Welcome to the Small Business Wake-Up Call. Here are your hosts, with cups in hand, Lonnie Shambi and Stan Simpkins. Customer service, are you walking the talk? Once again, Stan and I welcome you to the Small Business Wake-Up Call, where each episode provides some gem that you can take and use that same day in your business. At least that's our hope. As the holidays get ever nearer, stress seems to be the byword. And nowhere is stress more apparent than with the customer service function. Customers and customer service representatives both feeling the pressure. But customer service is not just a single function. It actually pervades virtually every part of small business, every corner. Most small business owners talk such a great game regarding customer service, but few put that talk into practice. Most owners speak about how customer-centric they are, yet many of these same companies create products without ever once getting customer input or feedback. Others talk about how responsive they are to customer needs and how much their customers love them. And few of these, if any, ever ask their customers how they truly feel or track customer issues and complaints to conclusion and actual customer satisfaction. What is customer service really, Lonnie? Rumor has it that your most important source, Wikipedia, (laughs) defines it as a series of activities (laughs) designed to enhance the level of customer satisfaction. That is, remember we used to use Merriam-Webster? I mean, (laughs) it's been replaced by Wikipedia. Essentially, we're trying to get the feeling that a product or service has met the customer or exceeded, ideally, the customer's expectation. To some owners, Lonnie, and their employees particularly, customer service refers to how you handle complaints. It's really reactive rather than proactive. It's more than just a good voice on the phone or a couple accolades from a couple of satisfied customers. It has to be part of the culture. You always refer to that. But for many small business owners beyond the party line, it's barely even giving lip service, let alone being a vital part of how the company does business. For the business to truly succeed, it needs to make the customer service the centerpiece of that success. And Lana, you got some questions I think you could pose as to how well, you know, whether owners are walking the talk. Here's some questions for you to ponder. How easy and inviting is it to do business with your, your company? My favorite is calling a business and then going into voicemail hell. Please listen because our options have changed. And then the litany of who to call for what proceeds from there. Gag. Too many companies make it too hard to do business with them. 
from websites that are uninviting to those that just dare a prospective customer to learn what the company does and how it might benefit that customer. Think of your website as your virtual storefront. Make customers want to come in and browse around. Make it easy to learn about your company, your products, and even easier to order them or at least provide an easy way to get more information about them. Can customers request a quote and get a response back in their current lifetime? Do you have a complex 75-page price book that would scare off even the most seasoned purchasing agent? And how easy is it to just place an order, whether that's on your website or with a salesperson? If it's that hard to get you to take their money, how much harder might they ask, will it be for you to give them support when they have a question or a problem? Here's a challenge I issue to every small business I ever talk to. When's the last time you tried to order something from your own company? Trust me, most of you will be really surprised. I had one company owner try to order his business's best-selling product from his website. It took him four tries and 25 minutes to finally get it done, and this guy's pretty computer literate. How about a new customer who's just happened upon the site looking for just what you sell? How will they fare? That's a great point, Lonnie. The term mystery shopper. Ask most owners if they've ever hired a mystery shopper or had a friend shop. It's amazing. I remember having a client and they told me how wonderful their people are and their customer service, things like that. So I had a friend of mine, a woman who was part of a not-for-profit association she had belonged to. And I asked her if she would be a mystery shopper for me. He didn't know that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> And she did it. And it wasn't pretty what she wrote. And I sent it to him. I said, by the way, this is what we got. I said, BPS, refund her money, please, because she did it as a favor to me. Okay, <laughs> And she doesn't need the product or service. But this is what she got. And see, this is something that happens way too frequently. It's a thing where what we're not doing is we're really not listening to what the customer or the prospect is saying. In keeping with our idea of you have one takeaway, let's take a moment, all of us, and ask ourselves to define what are the processes, the tools, and methods that we have to assure that we are really in touch with how customers are feeling about the product or service that they got, and they would do it on a timely basis. We're all, if I can use the word, victims of emails, texts, and things when we buy things, whether it's the supermarket or whether it's from the drugstore or whatever. We get these constantly, and quite interestingly, a lot of us do respond. And unfortunately, it's only until somebody gets a negative response that anyone pays attention. So the question for you is, what tools do you have to make this happen? And if not, that's something you need to take a hard look at. We're going to talk about specific ways for specific kinds of ministry. Because Lonnie, you can't tell me that anyone can just apply this if it's a retailer compared to a manufacturer, compared to a wholesale distributor. It's got to be different. Stan, it's the same. It's just simply where they enter. It's a kind of a thing where if you don't understand what the profile of your customer is, then you're not going to know how to really address what their needs are. You've got to be able to keep your finger on the customer pulse. The best way to find out how customers really feel about your company and your products and services, ask. Most companies do it too infrequently. It should be an ongoing function to find out 
in the words of one of my favorite people of all time, and many of you probably have never even heard of, and it's the late Ed Koch, former mayor of New York, whose favorite question was, in going around the city, how am I doing? Oh, Lonnie, that's nothing compared to what's on the back of trucks where it goes, how's my driving? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but that's it. Ongoing surveys, that's a way to keep your finger on that customer pulse. If you don't do that, you're not going to know what it is that they really need. And here's the other side of it. When you do find out some of that, if you're going to do surveys or you're going to listen to them, corroboration's great, but it doesn't make you a better company. If you're going to do surveys, ask questions about areas that most concern you or your product and service, your support, your sales process, act on the results. For example, a well-known cable provider who shall remain nameless to protect the guilty asks me to complete a customer survey after every customer service call. Trust me, does every time. So just to see what they do, I responded with the lowest rating in every question, expecting a callback, an email, or worse, a form letter, horrified at my response. And what did I get back? Crickets. And I've done it multiple times with the same company with the same result. Try it yourself. See what happens. If you don't get good answers, find out why. Maybe you're asking the wrong questions. Lonnie, a good example of that is when you go to a good restaurant that has good waitstaff, and they ask you, how's your meal? Yeah. Before you finished it. Yeah. Was the steak done enough when they put the thing on the table? How's it look? Does it look inviting? Do I want to try this thing at even? You mean we should get nervous when the waitress or waiter says, does this fish taste fishy? (laughs) 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 Or smell fishy? (laughs) That's it. (laughs) It's a thing where... You got to keep your finger on that pulse and you got to understand why your product does stuff that makes them happy and why your product or your process does stuff that doesn't. And Lonnie, I'll give you a real war story if I may. Electrical contractor that goes in and services homes, residential service. At the end of every call, they have one of the office people call the customer and ask them how things went. And let me tell you what the advantage of that was. Things weren't going, went so well. And the bad news is it was the same person, a fairly new recruit, if you will. And because of that, not only A, were we able to initiate more training, we also learned when to initiate a termination (laughs) before the damage became too great. Or looking back further, maybe it's time to rethink how we screen how we go after salespeople, and so what we're looking for. We talk about the profile of a customer. What's the profile of a salesperson that we want to interact with that customer? One of the things about this is that customer service isn't just a function. It really crosses many lines. And a customer is somebody who pays our bills. But if we lose a situation, we need to know why. And then we've got to find a way to way to react to that. In a couple of situations, especially with big sales forces, 
Dunloss reviews where, why did we lose that one? What did we do differently? Always call the customer back when we lost and say, we'd really like to spend 10 minutes on the phone with you, learn what we've done and how we could have gotten your business. You often talk about CRM, customer relationship management systems. I also call it can reach me systems, okay? Tell me what those who are using CRM systems often miss in utilizing it to work towards a customer service issue. Basically, what they miss is the fact that it's not just a prospecting tool. It's a vehicle for tracking every single touch point with a customer once they've become a customer. See, every single thing that comes in from that customer, every communication should be in that CRM. So there's a training element. And incidentally, CRMs, this is not $50,000 a year kind of stuff. No, there are CRM systems that cost $1,500 a year. The important thing is how you use it. Use it as a customer tracking device. That's really the important thing as well as prospecting. And there's some other advantages, Lonnie, to doing the follow-up, whether it's a phone call or whatever method you might use to communicate. And they say in formal sales training, there's one of three outcomes, a yes from the prospect, a no, or a lesson learned. Yes. Why didn't you get the sale and learn from it? But on the other hand, for the sales you do get, what better thing than to call a customer up to ask them if they're happy, and if they tell you how happy they are, ask them to post a positive review. Exactly. Ask them for a referral. That's something that people really, really miss. Here's another aspect of customer service almost nobody really takes a look at or even thinks about, and that is have a customer advisory group. Have a group where you have a two-way conversation between some key customers and maybe your manufacturing group or your technology group or whatever drives your product. And it becomes something where each side learns something. And then there's some way to leverage that as well. Back when I ran a software business, I had a group of folks who were high level in banking. And basically, they had a lot of really, really good advice to give us, et cetera, et cetera. And what we did was we did a group of a half a dozen and we had them sign a non-disclosure agreement. And what we did was we bounced ideas and plans for a new generation of product with them that ultimately they invested in our research and development. They became the first half dozen users of that product because what we had done is we put this product set together through acquisition. So it was a hodgepodge and we had to integrate it. And this is how we did it. And what we did was they put an investment in. We showed them what we were doing with that. And the bottom line was we gave them a deal where they got royalties back over time that got them their investment plus 25%. Happy, happy campers, both sides. You oftentimes talk about making the customer the center of everything. The center of your war story. And that really relates to what we talked about earlier about getting customer feedback and using it. There's so much emphasis on social media, likes and stuff, and getting reviews of your product or service. And how many people who get them ever put them on their website as testimonials? How many people ask satisfied customers for testimonials 
and post them just to show that we're walking to talk. If you go to sbvirtualroundtables.com, you'll see floating around on several pages testimonials, and we rotate them so that all of them eventually can be seen. That's a perfect example. Why not do that? Why wouldn't you do it with your own clients? And I have people who show me their wonderfully designed websites. I don't see one testimonial. That's a perfect example of what we're talking about. So, Lonnie, I know you have something else you want to wrap up a little bit here. Yeah, I do, Stan. Good customer relationships, like all relationships, are two-way feedback ones. And they need to be nurtured, regardless of whether you have 20 customers or 2,000. A lot of business owners simply abdicate when it comes to this area of the business. One of my previous clients that I talked about, no complaints means no problems until the customer leaves. You need to keep your finger on the pulse of what your customers are saying or doing. Going the extra mile for a customer often is what defines the culture in many businesses. But like in any relationship, the love has to go both ways as does the respect and the responsibilities for the relationship to succeed. And one thing you have to learn is when to say no. Stan's going to talk about this after this important message. As a small business owner, you face many challenges. You're not alone. What can be even more stressful is not having someone to talk to who doesn't have their own agenda. What if you could talk in depth and confidentially to other small business owners like you on a periodic basis, folks facing the same challenges or who have solved the same problems. The Small Business Virtual Roundtables is the answer for you. Small Business Virtual Roundtables are held monthly for 90 minutes. Membership in each roundtable is limited to 15 people, providing ample time for each member to have their issue addressed by their fellow members. These peer advisory groups are formed to avoid competitive concerns while taking into consideration company size and characteristics that closely match your own business. Need more attention? There's a complimentary 30-minute one-on-one session with the facilitators during the month to seek additional feedback. Monthly membership fees to the Small Business Virtual Roundtables are less than the cost of an hour with your attorney, and this is all done without ever leaving your office or home. Just the time savings of avoiding needless driving is worth the cost. New groups of the Small Business Virtual Roundtables are now being formed on a first-come, first-served basis. Ready to sign up? Head to sbvirtualroundtables.com to receive a complimentary invitation to attend up to three meetings. Again, that's sbvirtualroundtables.com. With Small Business Virtual Roundtables, there's no need to go it alone. And now, back to Lonnie and Stan. One of the tough things we have as parents to do is learning to say no to our kids or no to our partners. No, we never do that, do we? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, but we're I all just human. Said no more times in the last 10 seconds than <laughs> I've said in the last five minutes. <laughs> hey, we're all human and we all have relationships. And yet, no, especially with someone you, who's been a client of yours, maybe even had a personal relationship with you. They're more than just somebody who buys things from you. And no, it's hard. And plus, if you're a people pleaser kind of person, which you better be in sales, you want to say yes. You want to do whatever it takes to make them happy. How many people have that in their businesses? Going the extra mile, giving you more, all that cliche crap, if you will. But how many want to do it? But the problem is you can get so much in the habit, you forget there should be boundaries for yourself. These are relationships and abusive clients or customers. No, sometimes it has to be people who want to take advantage that they may be a big 
percentage of your business and then they know it and they want you to remember it and it goes on and on we're gonna talk more about that so hopefully this is an area that all of you i'm sure have dealt with and are looking for some guidance so we're going to talk more about that in specific examples in the accounting profession i'll give you an example of no the client who walks in with a cardboard box and they want you to sort through the records that they could have done for you they want to pay you less you're getting paid from your best and better clients and it goes on and on and they act like they're doing you a big favor and they're just a big mess and you can't pull the trigger see what they're forgetting is that both of you are running businesses some customers forget that sometimes customers and suppliers lose sight of that and constant price concessions discounts are not a recipe for ongoing profitability if you leave enough money on the table soon you won't be at the table. Customers need to be periodically reminded that they could get a good deal as long as you can maintain a reasonable profit on that deal. Wait a second, Lonnie. Are you telling me that slogan, the customer's always right, is not true necessarily? Stan, biggest bullshit thing I ever heard in my life. You as a supplier are not the only one with responsibilities. And customers always hold you to yours, deliver quality, product, great price, promise date, et cetera. But the customer is not always right. They make mistakes just like you do. Often there are customers who won't admit it, want you to take the hit for something that is clearly their fault. You can't just cave because they're customers. Sometimes you just have to call them on it or just tell the customer no. So the next factor comes into play. Do you mean you have to sometimes say, I would love to be able to do that, Bob, and I probably would if I didn't want to stay in business? Exactly. The thing is this, they're going to always hold you to your responsibilities, but when they suddenly have none, then you got a problem. I don't know if the listeners out there have had this, but when you're a small business and you're dealing with a very large customer, who makes up maybe a good portion of your business, 25% or more, they're going to use that as leverage for you. Their market position, their revenue, they're going to use it as a club. And they might use periodic threats to take their business elsewhere or some form of intimidation with your sales or customer service staff, reminding them of their importance to your company's success or survival to get what they want. Or sometimes you just have to say, see ya, and learn that life and your company will go on without them. Well, this is an area of the Pareto principle, that 80% of your grief comes from 20% of your customers. And the only way you can get past it, because I know a lot of our listeners are going, these guys don't realize, this is a little bullshit, this is a theory. But the reality is, these people drag down your capacity to keep the 80% of your customers happy. A customer relationship's not unlike personal relationships. The love has to be two-way for it to grow and be successful with both respect and responsibilities on both sides. You just have to learn to say no to that relationship. Stan, why don't you recap and close out today's episode? I'd be happy to do that. And I hope everyone will take a couple notes down, maybe at least mentally. And Basically, as we say, try to take the theory here, even when you don't necessarily agree or think that we're short shrifting these things, and just be open-minded to how might I apply this? How am I doing these areas? So what did we talk about today? Well, we talked about 
all aspects of customers from being easy to do business with, keeping your finger in the pulse of your market and your customer, getting direct customer feedback, big one, making case studies. Yeah, actually case studies. You'll oftentimes see that with the big companies, heck, your days back in IBM, they did that. And creating customer references. Oh my God, the opportunity to reference and referrals. And people are afraid to ask. And the other side of that, the testimonials, Stan, that's really important. Especially in our business line. Everyone wants to know who else is happy with you. And it makes a difference, especially if they're in the same industry. Customers are the lifeblood of every business. And sometimes the relationships hurt the business as much as they help. It's time to see not only whether the customer's right, but right for your business. And occasionally you have to fire the customer, I hate to say this, for the good of the business. We do this in the accounting profession all the time, I hate to say. Customer service is a cornerstone of small business success, and it requires more than talking a good game. It requires a culture, building dedication to all that. And we hope you have as much fun listening to our podcast as we do producing them. We really do enjoy this. We invite you to share your war stories, ask questions, and even request an invitation to be a guest at one of our virtual roundtables. Come on and take a test drive and see where you can take it with your business. And check us out at sbvirtualroundtables.com. In fact, we'll have up to three complimentary visits as our guests so you can be confident it's a mutual fit. We can promise you, you feel like one of the family sooner than you might think. Thanks for being with us. See you next time. For Stan Simpkins, this is Lonnie Shambi. And we're out of here. You've been listening to the Small Business Wake-Up Call, the podcast providing eye-opening insights and perhaps a caffeine high to better run your business. Delivered in Stan Simpkins and Lonnie Shambi's own unique style. Head on over to svvirtualroundtables.com where you can connect with Lonnie and Stan, subscribe to the show, find more resources, and check out their monthly 90-minute virtual roundtables. Thanks for listening to the Small Business Wake-Up Call. 